Hey folks, it's me, Rad Dead 2023 I just wanted to say thank you so much for rating and reviewing the podcast. Five stars. The shoutouts are coming. Just wanted to say your support has meant so much. Join the Discord in the description, please. We want to expand the community every single day in every single way we can. So, first off and foremost, I'm on vacation this week. This episode was banked during the first month of recording, which happened January 2023. And it was a really fun episode, and I thought I'd wait and release it for people down the line at some point. Basically because... The fourth mic didn't pick up. So three of the four mics worked. One of the mics didn't. That's why I upgraded, which you saw if you listened from the beginning. Anyways, it's still a fun episode. Unfortunately, Nick's mic doesn't work, but we fixed that problem. It's still a great episode. Detroit Mob, love you, and we'll see you Friday. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. Zanzizi Zambibi. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast with Rad Dad 2023. In Rad. Oh, shit. Mama Casey. Mama Casey's. Kitchen studio, woohoo! Gathered. What with... you got cooking in the kitchen, Casey? That's Lady Caitlin. I do not have a bun in the oven. What? Oh no! We're gonna I... let someone else I'll let bake that else. bun. Yes, it's wise plans. <laughs> also, Brother Bear is here, rejoining the cast. Yo, yo, yo! That's right. Bruh. That's right. <laughs> so today we're gonna talk about. The Detroit mob. Woohoo! Everybody's so Yay. excited. Woo! I'm excited. History, history, history. I don't know much about mobsters. <laughs> Hype us up. Well, I mean, you've heard of John Gotti in New York. We know Al Capone in Chicago. Have I? But, but you've never heard of John Gotti, New York? Got him. I mean, I haven't either. These girls. Oh boy! Hey, you've heard Al Capone. Al Capone. Yes, okay. we're here. Let's we're here. There. Let's let's just let's just say we we mob mob people are usually organized crime, <laughs> and so basically they do bad things, and they're like, "Hmm, mm, we're gonna make money under the table." Talk about like mobbing I, the floor. I love nope. the stripped okay. down <laughs> explanation of you know a mobster. A, a bunch of birds, like lots of little birds, can gang up on a big bird, and that's called mobbing. Too. Really? Yeah. Fun facts. Fun with facts. Caitlin. Well, that is why you're on the pod because I need this. I need to know these things. There are things that my friends and my family, which you guys are all my family and I love you, can offer me. And sometimes I can just rant and read Wikipedia articles or I can learn something. And thank you. So. Circle of learning. Circle of learning. I can get right into it. But what do you guys 
What do you guys know about mobsters, if anything? Tunnels. Something about the Godfather? <laughs> a laundromat usually mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. Pizza? It- Italian sausage? <laughs> Pizza. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Horse heads. With the Ninja Sopranos. Turtles. With the Ninja Turtles go in the mob box. <laughs> Kawabunga, oh, Raph. The bo- okay. <laughs> they eat pizza. Yeah, they do. Italian? Oh, fuck. Mm. They Are fight? they trying to make money? Ah, uh, Master Splinter, we've been doing nefarious deeds <laughs> with the Foot Clan ever since they started their sweatshop. I feel like the Foot Clan's more of the mob. Yes. In that situation. Yeah. 100%. Mm. I, I mean... <laughs> Okay, so you yeah, said Ninja Turtles are just <laughs> that live underground. It's turtle cops. It's turtle cops that live underground. <laughs> turtle cops. So they they fell into waste and now they're being like governed over by a rat, mm-hmm. a Japanese rat who knows ninja skills, who yeah. teaches He's them. He's very wise. Well, he learned them from his mas- like Master Splinter, like learned. Right. Who was Master Splinter's master? It was just a a, do, a guy, an Asian guy that knew martial arts, and so. Just he, any guy that knew martial arts. Any. No, I mean that was his. <laughs> are we spewing facts or is this make believe? I mean, when no, we do that's like our the backstory, he was like in his cage, <laughs> and like knows. his master was like doing like, huh, 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 and, and then he, he was like doing pet? the same moves in his cage. He was the pet. Yeah. <laughs> this, Mobster this, generation. This yeah, it was in the movie. In this in the movie. <laughs> what movie. So, was that in the original 80s movie? I think so. I, convinced. I love this version. <laughs> I just love the idea of a tiny little rat who's like, yes, I'm a little rat and I'm never going to fall in any goo, but I'll use these skills against <laughs> other rats. Yeah, it's top of the food chain with those turtles. Okay. I'm pretty sure that that happened, which also means it could not have happened at all. Well, <laughs> I, Ratman never got you off. <laughs> Let's talk about Vitalis or Okay, let's, we'll get into Midwest Detroit I mobs. I've heard that they have connections. I've heard uh, Uccellos yeah. and Salvinos. Oh, Salvinos. We're, they're, that's part of the right Reddit yeah. screenshots that I have for this episode. But first and foremost... Okay. The name of the Detroit mob, one of the names I saw, was the Silent Syndicate. Fancy. Whoa. Which sounds like an instrumental techno band. It sounds like a cyber goth um, (laughs) convention. uh, Or... Sexy Thief in the Night. Sexy Thief in the Night? Mm. What's that from? That's what this... That sounds that's like the name. that's the EP that Silent Syndicate is putting out Silent this fall. In the night yes. EP. <laughs> hey man, it's got a remix from Master Splinter, all right? Oh shit. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, okay. So, like I said, Silent Syndicate was the name. Uh, I should mention this and I I try to remember this when I get the episode actually rolling, but there's a source for this, Scott M. Bernstein. He runs a website called, uh, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it? I had it written down, gangsterreport.com, and he's written several books, um, one called Motor City Mafia, A Century of Organized Crime in Detroit, and another book called The Detroit True Crime Chronicles, Tales of Murder and Mayhem in the Motor City. And there's a really great... YouTube video of him doing a talk where he really 
which is, I mean, it's a testament to this sort of thing. If you can just spout off facts and people be able to follow it. And it's, it, it, it was super fascinating and we'll post this online for people to check out. But, um, basically when you go from the, uh, the Wikipedia, when you search Detroit mafia, it immediately brings up the Detroit partnership. So when it's uh, the Detroit par- partnership is also known as the Detroit Crime Family, Detroit Combination, Detroit Mafia, Zarelli Crime Family, and the Toco Zarelli Crime Family. So, Topo like Topo Chicos? No, Toco I like T O C C O. Toco. Mm hmm. Interesting. These three brothers in the early years, originally from Terracini. Italy, Sicily, Italy. Okay, so here's here's question number one mm-hmm. from Caitlin. Mm-hmm. So, are all mobsters Italian? I, well, oh, you have things like what, the. Yucuz- what is the connection mobs? here? I mean, like, there, are, there, there are mobs in other countries. Meatballs. I mean, there's there are yes, like there's the yakuza. I mean, you could yeah. be from Japan. Any organized crime. Is, is a is, mob. Right. I think it, because of, and, and just to really skim the surface here, mobsters really came to power because of prohibition. So it was a way for them to be like, and, and, and full disclosure, as we get into this, we were two years ahead of prohibition. Prohibition happened in Michigan in 1918. And it didn't really take effect until the 20s. So these guys were like, hey, we got some crafty ideas here. We're going to sell some beers. So really being a mobster is about like circumventing the system. Because yeah. because the system was trying to keep you down. What, right. What's the difference between a gangster and a mobster? Well, a gangster is like... You know, when you're playing Contra and you're in the airplane and, like, the big strong guy comes in? <laughs> I don't... I have no idea. I feel like I'll it's figure. the same thing. I feel like it's... Yeah, a, are that's they why synonyms? Like, yeah. It's only, a crime syndicate. Our I mean, only it's like how a cop mobsters. is a policeman or a policeman is a cop. Okay, okay. So, can I ask you a question mm-hmm. about the Bernstein? Is that... The same as called. You guys, Sam I shouldn't have told you anything earlier. I'm so sorry. I'm just asking I, questions. No, I understand. <laughs> yes, the Berensteins are involved. So are the Vitalis. Okay. And yes. Whoa. Is that wait, B- Sam Bernstein? He's like on the billboards and Call stuff. Call one eight hundred. The one lawsuit. guy that's looking at yeah, the, the lawsuit guy and forward. Dude. There's right. the daughter and the son, and then another son. Yeah. And then once, I slid yeah. that under the well. People. Yeah, yeah we're good. <laughs> but it's great you know what if you need you know have an accident at work call him i guess so call sam right (laughs) three brothers originally from terracini italy antonio tony salvatore sam were grocers and fruit peddlers they first they first came to the attention of authorities in late 1911 when their grocery store was raided and police confiscated $2,000 worth of stolen olive oil. That's a lot of olive oil. That is a lot. $2,000? Mm-hmm. Was it virgin? 1911. Was it which, is bef- which is before How currency can yeah. be traced what back, I think. That? Can you tell us in gallons? Mm, 2,000 gallons? 
Tell me an olive. It was two thousand gallons. No, two thousand dollars <laughs> worth. Dollars. I'm saying. All right, you gotta look this up for us, Ryan. Like, how many gallons? I didn't want to say into the mic and have to be too loud. Cause I need, I need to have a visual in my mind of how much. Two thousand dollars in 1911 bought you uh, three wives and uh, four horses. And Man, minimum. No, horse. more than that. Yeah. I mean, was it a Model T, like $200 or something like that? Right. So $2,000. We're in the money. Yeah. And we're just talking olive oil. Okay. So this is wild. If a, five, if a bottle of olive oil is $5 a liter, so 2000 divided by five. But you're, you're looking at the current price. We're talking about the year 1911. Yeah. I can't go back to 1911 because everything, everything is it based on... the internet. Shut up. There's no history Google on this. No, nobody olive. look no. it up. It's a mystery for us. Come on. No. It was, it was three Titanics full of olive oil. I'm just saying. What? That's pretty wild. I think if they can go into a store and raid it, they can carry it out, even though it's $2,000. I'm sure there were like milk, or not milk, uh, wine crates they carried out and they were like yeah it seems like it's about two thousand dollars worth of olive oil uh we're gonna fry this up with our latkes or whatever i don't know okay this was 1911 is Mm -hmm. that right so five dollars in 1911 would equate to 156 dollars and 21 cents today okay do the quick math how much is two thousand dollars in those days Hang how much, on. How much is in my bank account, Caitlin, in olive oil? Hang on. 2000 We don't know quick math. Calculate. <laughs> so we, we can move on, yeah. <laughs> you go ahead and calculate if you'd like, but I'm just going to... Would be about $62,483.50. and Cents about so you couldn't hmm. quite buy a house. So, oh, you could buy a house these days with $62,000, honey. No, it'd be a really crabby well, house. housing market's different from like the value of money, though. yeah. All right, let's talk about back then. Yeah, yeah. That was a house. Let's talk about mobs. We're on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. They bought a house worth of, of olive oil to me, right? <laughs> so, the brothers they move. Okay, so, oh boy. Um, Weeks later, the mutilated corpse of a former Giannoli associate, Sam Buendo, was found charred and left in a field. Buendo had allegedly tipped off law enforcement to stolen merchandise found in the basement of the store when they were raided. The murder of Buendo established the Giannola brothers as a feared force within the Italian underworld. So they were like... Oh boy, things are getting real. And that was a lot of what I what I heard and read when I was going through this episode was that it wasn't so much gang violence versus other gangs, it was infighting that caused a lot of that. And because, you know, they're... In order, uh, and it, I've I've seen Goodfellas and The Departed and and a lot of those gangster movies, and I love those movies. Like Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies of all time. And um, in order to be a made man and be a part of the family, you had to be an Italian. Like you couldn't 
you could be an associate mm-hmm. and if you helped out like more power to you but you could never move up in the syndicate so the so, you, mob, though, right? so you truly had to be italian uh, in michigan to I, be part of the mob what's that i'm sorry say that again you had to be italian to well, be part of the mob right okay right but they i mean they were going to work with anybody as long as they were on the up and up i mean you don't and I'll get to this later, but they did kind of factor in that they wanted there to be people marrying into other families. It didn't have to be like a, it didn't have to be an Italian girl. It could be a Jewish girl or you know Asian or whatever. But it had to be a girl. It had to be a girl. That's right. You'll, okay. <laughs> so the Gianola Adamo War from 1912 to 1913. Between 1912 and 1913, the Gianola brothers took over the Winnedet area rackets gang, starting a feud with Winnedet mafia boss Vito Adamo. Windot. Right. Windot? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Oh. Winnedet? Mm. Windot. The brothers felt they had secured victory after a series of attacks on the Adamo gang, which left several members dead. Adamo moved to Detroit and aligned himself with Mafia leader Pietro Mirbel while the Ginolas sought to take over the illicit beer trade. So this is before Prohibition. The Adamos were able to fend off the Ginolas' first attempts by giving away free ice with their deliveries. The Adamo gang killed two Gianola gang members, William Catalano and John Gervaso, in April 1913. A string of killings and arrests on both sides followed. So anytime one guy was in the middle when it came to like them doing business, they would do things like, like I said, I, I mentioned they would give away free ice. So there was always like trying to smooth things over Mm -hmm. and when it came to our area specifically we were close to canada Mm -hmm. being in michigan so there is a lot of and and i mean this is before it was like you had to be 18 to buy liquor or you know tobacco or whatever which is i feel like that was a thing when we were kids too like the tobacco age, or 16. the was what was no 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 alcohol is legal in Canada at eighteen, oh, right? Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It <laughs> is today in Mexico. It, it is, is too, right? Yeah. Sixteen, eighteen. All I know is you have to go to the LCBO. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they have like the whole government-run alcohol thing, which is weird and different. Yeah. Yeah, I feel about that. But anyway, okay, so... It's a different show. That's true. <laughs> this is uh, the Michigan political talk. We talk about mob dealings and how we feel in Gwen Wabids. In Michigan, we went dry, like I said, in 1918. We had a two-year start, and that could be a real head start for the gangsters to run a solid illegal liquor business underground. Prohibition was the seeds that grew the real mob world, and henceforth, they all got rich from bootlegging. I mean, oh, if you're mob in a, pirates. <laughs> Arg. <laughs> and being close to Canada made the Midwest the epicenter for the, this racket. Which I mean, mm, feels being, good to be an epicenter. Yeah. It's nice to know that 
in Michigan were not just the hand, were the hand that guided boozing in this country during a rough time. <laughs> the hand that holds my bear. That's right. The Gianola gang didn't really have a name, though. So, like I said, they uh, later on it became the silent syndicate, mostly from history, people looking back and being like, damn, these motherfuckers moving around, and we didn't know any of their damn names other than the fact ninjas. that... Italian ninjas. <laughs> they stayed underground. I, st- I still keep thinking about how you said the Ninja Turtles are cops. <laughs> and I'm like... Where are they? Mean, they fight crime. They're vigilantes. Nick. Is Batman? Dude, a they're cop? doing the job that the cops can't yeah, do. He's, he's like he stops the mobsters, right? He's Batman's kind of like a walking baton. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Ninja Turtles are just the whole band together. I mean, they're they're a bunch of amphibians who eat pizza and shit and sleep in a sewer. Mm-hmm. And they're cool in a cartoon sense, and I love the games, but no, why is there's it... no but. No, why... No, there is a big <laughs> but. Why is there one guy who's from Queens and then one guy who's from fucking California, the way they talk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, this like, never... hey, let, I, let's get a pizza pie in this. And then there's a the one guy who's like, whoa, whoa. Have you guys been smoking out of Master Splinter's pipe? Because, like, all these beats are, like, vibing with the city and, ugh. And then this longboard, <laughs> Big Apple, 3 a.m. Fucking iconic. You know, they had certain cultural icons that they were exposed to in their young <laughs> turtle lives. I want to see the sewer, it was this, limited. I want to okay? see this DMT so, trip of a euphoric memory <laughs> dream movie you saw where Splinter is a tiny rat in a cage. I will mimicking. show it to you. I want to see it. Nobody prove her wrong, please. Right. Prove me right. Make make that version, please. So the Gianola gang, as I said, this 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 first of these gangs didn't have a name. And during Prohibition, when real violence happened, one gang seemed to rise to power. A fella by the name of Sam, who let me just get his Sam Bernstein. No, not singing Sam Catalone, Catalanette. Wait, he was a singer. Yes. Whoa. In fact, he Whoa. did sing. He would have parties in what is currently now the mayor's mansion in Detroit. And he'd bring a bunch of rich people of the time. Um, he Well, before he was an opera singer and called a bunch of people from the organized crime racket together in a mansion on the Detroit River, which we were on. That was actually a really fun trip. If you if you it, go to Detroit and you get a chance, I don't even know what they call those. Like it was like it's a tiki a, tour thing. It, it's like a, a paddle boat tour they do on the river. But it was, it was no, it's like a it's, it's like, like a, a pontoon that was all dressed up like a tiki bar, and it was super fun. Yeah, and you could bring your own beer and like snacks and stuff. Yeah. And we just floated yeah. out there, and the guys like that's Kid Rock's house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kid Rock owns that, and then this is like. Uh, 250-year-old sailing thing. It's, it's like right across from like where Kid Rock scratches his balls and he oh, wow. like sips his coffee. American badass! Yeah, looks at 16-year-old women on Instagram. Hell yeah. You mean Not yikes? This, yikes, I mean. America. I was just getting into the Kid Rock mode. I'm not into the 16-year-olds. I feel you. All right, continuing on. 
Kid Rock already, right? We did with the new metal episode. Yeah. Thank you for people who have liked. Also, I want to give a shout out to the artwork from our man Zach. It looks awesome. And thank you again. And I know I said it in the trailer for this show, but thank you again to Larry for the amazing theme. Let's talk about the artwork for two seconds. Okay. They're a bunch of um, skeletons skeletons. in a Thunderbird. That's amazing. And I called Shotgun. Yeah. And I don't have to say pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road anymore because this is a new show, but I love it. Thank you, Zach. Continuing on. It's beautiful. You You captured the essence of me in that one skeleton. True. (gasps) Mm -hmm. I love it. I I kind of love the idea though of a, like a 1920s mansion on the Detroit River and there's this opera singing like mob boss in Detroit and you got to picture this cuz the, they whoa, were whoa. did it say opera? He was an opera singer. Oh damn. Like that was this I I mean I don't know if he, he was, was like but, like, he's got all these luminaries, judges, politicians, actors. They're all hanging out in this mansion, and he's just like... Mob cult party. Yeah. I'm sure the appetizers were to die He was singing Italian opera. Yeah, like, stromboli, macaroni. Okay. They're vamping. It should stop. So, <laughs> so there's these people hanging out. They're having these black tie events, lavish meals, and he's doing these full-on opera performances for them, too. Uh, like I said, uh, it was also, in the future, was the mayor's mansion. Um, each gang had violence, mostly internal. So one guy wanted to be in charge or lead the Godfather Don Cor. Uh, oh, I should mention the Godfather Don Corleone character was actually based on this guy singing Sam. No freaking some way! Mm-hmm. That's awesome. There. <laughs> that guy? That's singing Sam. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. I got a beautiful voice. <laughs> But um, at the time, there was the East Side Gang, the River Gang, the Purple Gang, and the Foot Clan, which I well, I don't know why what? I put that, but that's not true. There was not a Foot Clan. <laughs> but that's, uh, somehow we went into a Ninja Turtle rant, Dang. and I, I must have just trailed off in my, my jotting down. for this or something? <laughs> I don't. What's the Purple Gang all about? The Purple Gang? It sounds interesting. Smoking on that part. I thought of that, too. I looked that up, and it said... People around town looked at them, and they weren't black. They weren't white. They're a different color. They're like a purple color. Oh. Isn't that weird? I mean, yeah, that they'd, like, single them out like that. And then they're like, uh, my brand is We Are the Purple Gang. I just picture Grimace being, like, with a bandana (laughs) on. He's like, come on, McChickens. We got some, or not McChickens, McNuggets. We got some crimes to do. Catches the you got that squirt? <laughs> you got that squirt? He would be head of the McDonald's mob. Yeah, hell yeah. He'd be like sliding special sauce under the table <laughs> to a little red-haired girl named Wendy. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm telling you. your McRibs in the next sandwich. <laughs> no, he would be my bodyguard. He would be my mob bodyguard. 
The Purple Gang, also known as the Sugar House Gang, was a criminal mob of bootleggers and hijackers compromised predominantly of Jewish gangsters. They operated in Detroit, Michigan during the 20s of the Prohibition era and came to be Detroit's dominant criminal gang. Yeah, what up, Purple Gang? Excessive violence and infighting caused the gang to destroy itself in the 30s. Whoopsies. Sorry, Purple Gang. Sorry. Sorry. I love how I have an open tab that says, how much olive oil is $2,000 worth? <laughs> All right. So, like I said, Singin' Sam, Catalana, the Detroit Mafia. Uh, the Detroit Mafia is a unified organization can be traced to the early 20th century. Motor City, Mafiosa, who came together to begin what was known by the early 30s as the Detroit Crime Family or Detroit Partnership. Which just sounds like scary. I mean, when you think of Detroit, do you think scary anymore? Because it's actually not tote bad them now. Them an eight mile. That's not what I think. Yeah, tell me what you think, <laughs> when you think of Detroit. Belle Isle. Belle Isle. That's the only thing you think. Yeah, of? it's like so awesome. I went to the conservatory there. It's like amazing. <laughs> Good. Right. <laughs> it's so much fun. I think I think of the river. I think of abandoned um, houses that are getting broken down. There's that, yeah, for sure. But um, I mean, I, I don't know. I just think of like the downtown area. I think of like the you know the Joe Louis Fist. Um, Joe Louis Arena. I well, the well, now it's the Little Caesars Megala. Yeah, it's a different it's, it's fist. Mega Church. Little you know, Caesar guy. Downtown area or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think a Greek town. I think mm, of mm-hmm. Ferndale. I think of all like the fun like suburbs and restaurants and all the things. That's what comes to mind when I think Detroit. Damn it. I think of the song I Detroit. Madonna. I think Bob Seeker. <laughs> no, oh my gosh. Let's go. I yeah. think Detroit Rock City I think by Motown. Kiss. Motown. M C five motherfuckers. I think about mm. cars. Stooges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, I I see a lot of names that I'm going to trip up on, so I'm going to skip that part for now and come back to it. Now, I talked about the Purple Gang. Now, I want to talk about the Verner Highway Fish Market murders. Like Verner's? Like the. I said the same thing. (laughs) Side sponsor note to (laughs) Verner's if you'd like to sponsor this Michigan based podcast, we'd love. I love your drink. I love ginger ale. So Verner's is good for your tum-tum. If you've been on too many roller coasters at Cedar Point, get a Verner's on the way home if you're ever to your a, Michigan home. If you're ever on an airplane, <laughs> get a Verner's because the ginger will help your stomach. True. Or on a boat. Ginger helps with seasickness. That's a good idea. Yeah. So I mentioned Toco and Zarelli, right? Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> they sent two guys in their place to meet for peace, but it was a hit. By the way, this place that this happened at is still a fish market today. So this is this is kind of where in the 30s where this whole brotherhood ended. Basically what happened was um, after this, this hit, the Detroit Mafia is actually born. So basically, Toko and Zarelli go to Chester Lumeris' wife at the time, who's kind of like one of the heads, and we're like, 
hey, um, do you mind if we kill your husband? And she's like, that's cool. Can I get like 80% of his wealth? Whoa, she was and they evil. Made it, yeah. I mean, it's prohibition to depression kind of era. Everybody's cranky? I guess. I mean, plus like who, I mean, I, I don't imagine the courtships were very long back in they the day. They probably weren't in love. Sounds like they weren't in love. Not really. Yeah. Wow. So maybe he was kind of mean to her. I I mean basically, she I'm bargains. She no, I think you're. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, it's it's fine to speculate, but basically they barter with the wife for the eighty percent of wealth, and they agreed, and she agreed. So when the hit happened, they got his bodyguards and wife to flip, not just his wife. Dude's Ooh. dude's literally standing in his room having an espresso before he goes, I don't know, to do mob stuff. At the end of a long day, she walks out of the room, and Toko and Joe Zarelli come in and whack him. So she was sleeping with the bodyguard. I mean, uh, who knows? I didn't really have birth control back theory. in the day, so I don't know That's if... That's a good yes. theory. Yeah. I'm going bodyguard. Yeah. By the way, Joe Zarelli went out of this whole thing of these two guys that performed this hit. They they came out of this unscathed. unscathed. Most of them did. They all had like Italian chest, Midwest chest pains and that's how they died. You know, Call like, Sam Bernstein. Hit 60 and then they're like, Err! Too much Yikes. of a gap go! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a go. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they all, they, like all this like no, early no, no, generation, no. they survived into the 60s and there's a lot of this, like I said, a lot of infighting. But the mafia is born where it's like everybody any everybody kind of solidifies after this ginger ale highway fish market murder. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're tracking. Ginger ale highway. We're tracking. Sounds like a, a really wonka thing. You know, the caramel waterfalls. Mm-hmm. But first, <laughs> to find them, you must go down the ginger, ginger ale highway. Tree. They, I mean, they don't call it the Verner's thing on there. It was mostly from that Bernstein YouTube clip that I watched that he called it that. But the fish market murders developed into the major gang conflict between the east side and west side mobs. So, fish market, the, um, what's the name of the massive market um, in the Detroit area? Um, I don't know if that came up in your research, Ryan, but... Um, no, because... Detroit twice. Um, they don't know. I forget. Um, anyway, there's a massive market there. It was it, okay. So it would later be known as the Crosstown Mafia War. Uh, Melly, who was involved, swore to avenge the death of two of his representatives. Between May 31st and July 23rd, 1930, at least 14 men were murdered by gangland guns. <laughs> So people were killing each other, and this is the stuff that I didn't want to... <laughs> this is the mob. But I, I mean, in response to the killing, the Detroit police enacted severe measures to restrict undesirable and illegal crime as they tried to find persons of interest after Buckley's murderer who was one of the victims. The Detroit police put a grand jury into place immediately to investigate, which grand juries, they're kind of weird because they can be tampered with. At least from my research, it seems like those things are really just for 
status more than anything for anything actually getting done because prosecutors can be manipulated. Mm-hmm. And like 90% of court cases get thrown out anyways. So um, we're going to take a break. And I just wanted to kind of touch on the early early era. I mean, like there was the Giannola, kind of to refresh this, there's the Giannola-Adamo War in 1912 to 1913, the Giannola-Vitali War, Vitali, Vitali's, there's your first reference. Uh, and it's spelled eight, the same 19, way, Yep. Right? 1918 to 1919. Yeah. Vitali resigns, Prohibition era, and that's when Singing Sam comes in, and then the Crosstown Mafia War slash fish market killings. And so, yeah, we're going to take a break. We come back. The modern... Mafia, where it is currently in a little Reddit thread. Hello? 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 Yeah, we can hear him. Okay, all you have to do is get him to talk about the DiBruzio hit. All right, and then this guy's going down. But you got to watch yourself. This is a dangerous man. For the last two years, I've been studying these guys. I know the way they move, I know the way they walk, and the way they talk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him. All right. All right, Sanders. Get your coat on. Let's do this. All right. Man, you think you can do it? Yeah. He's the best in the biz. So this guy's a real computer whiz. He was one of the first ones with the internet gambling stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of money in that. (laughs) Who is this guy? I never heard of him. Don't worry, he comes recommended. We're gonna get him on, get in on the ground floor of a whole new internet wave of internet casinos. Gino. Hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> Let me just put down this meatball sub here with extra mozzarella. Hey. All right, have a seat. Oh, forget about it. Forget about what? Sorry I'm late, fellas. I was at my Gumad's place. We just finished up dinner. We had some raviolis and some rigatonis and some rice-a-ronis. Forget about it. Why do you keep saying forget about it? Never mind that. I heard you was a man of business, which is why I agreed to meet with you. But I'd like to know who I'm getting into business with. Where are you from? Hey, it's me, Tony Lasagna. From the neighborhood. What neighborhood? You know, Little Italy. I grew up in Little Italy. I didn't see you around too much. Come on. We used to play stickball together behind the Olive Garden. With, you know, Polly Walnuts, Rocky Balboa, the Mario Brothers. They were all there. Donkey Kong. Vinny Testaverde, Marone! All right, already. Let's get back to the Sintonet casino business. Yeah, there's a lot of money in that. Exactly. Let's talk a business. Forget about it. Forget about what? I'm busting beans over here.
If you had a mob, what would it be called? Oh, I... Pizza, pizza rat. Pizza rat. Rainbow sprinkle mob. <laughs> of course it would be. I got jealous of the purple mob. I was like, that's fancy. If I was in the mob, if I, if I had my own mob, if I had my own mafia, if, if I was a mafioso, uh, we would be called the Cuban Sandwich Mob. Oh man, yeah, that that fits. Brother Bear says Cuban Sandwich. Mama Casey says Rainbow Sprinkles. I'm going Kielbasa Mob. Kielbasa. I have to pay homage to my heritage. Polish heritage. Yeah, oh. Kielbasa Mob. That that sounds good. Mm-hmm. It has the word kill in it. Yeah, kill. Boss. boss. Oh my God. It's wow. meant to be. You win. You're the winner. Ding, ding, ding. Do you have a name for your mobster name? <laughs> Squeaky? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's DJ Seaski. That's oh. what it is. Mine's DJ. Sylvia. Sylvia? Oh. Yeah. Rainbow Sprinkles, bitch. My, mine's Polly Walnuts. <laughs> Nice. I don't know where I got that what's, name. What's your me. mob name, Ryan? Yeah. Red Dad? Mm, I feel like it would be like something stuttery. Like, because I, I, I you, still... You almost, have it. you almost had it out. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, today, Junior. <laughs> we call him Stutters because uh, he reads and sometimes he doesn't read because the words don't come out right. I don't know. Stanley Stutter. Mm. He's handsome. So what fundamentally kept this gang going for so long and without much traction in the news other than in the 30s there briefly, they went with three main key factors in moving forward. They had certain requirements in the 30s in order to make things work. Education, diversification, and intermarriage. Mix in the pots. Wow. On their tax returns, they also had to show legitimate local assets. Like the laundromat. Right. I mean, well, you mm. couldn't just be like, yeah, uh, mm, I'm the... Uh, uh, I'm selling the pizza over here. What do you want? I sell pizzas, but also I make uh, 100K. Uh, so they had to have... Some best pizza in town, I swear. They had to sh- support local communities, have business interests, diversify the business portfolios. Yeah. So on top of that, some of these future mobsters were as young boys war heroes. Ooh. Angelo Maley's son went to Notre Dame and fought on the front lines. And what could uh, be considered a modern version of the Navy SEALs? So they were in like special units, some of them, and walked away with three purple hearts. That was uh, Vince Maley, Angelo Maley's son, had three purple hearts and also had a Jewish star necklace at the time uh, until the day he died of cancer. What version of Zelda is he playing? Link Link starts with like five. Right. Three is on expert mode. True. Turns out he was one of the first American soldiers that liberated Auschwitz 
And when he did such, a woman who was so overcome with joy to see American soldiers liberate them gave him her Jewish star necklace and placed it around his neck. True love. That's touching. Uh, Did they fall in love? Mobster marriage. I don't see that in the outline. Oh my gosh, we've just decided for them. Yeah, that was part of their brand to branch out. That needs to be a movie. I think he was more like, hey, hey, Tony, look what this broad just gave me. This I think I'll smel- wear it forever. <laughs> this, place- <laughs> this place smells like shoes. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it smelled worse than yeah, shoes. Yeah, I'm thinking it was a rough day. Yeah. Either way, they uh, they had CFOs like in this group. They like these people it sounded like a legit business. Like right. I want to work for this mob. There were captains, there were soldiers, and like I said earlier, people who weren't made men were associates. Uh, they were in charge. The cap. There would be a captain who was in charge of sanitation, gambling. Oh, sanitation. Hmm? <laughs> it's a whole cult. But I mean, it's it had to run like a business, you know. So. What kind of sanitation, though. I mean, I assume i'm not sure what the system was and if they had unions at the time the ninja turtles worked down there that's what i was thinking casey what who was on sewer duty (laughs) ah not me again bro get out of here michelangelo so the first official or sitting boss of the detroit partnership was william toko born guglamo guglielo January? G-U-G-L-I-E-L-M-O. Google Mo? V- Vito? Guglielmo? Guglielmo. Guglielmo. I think you got it. Guglielmo. Guglielmo. So he's born Guglielmo Vito Tocco in Terracini, Sicily in 1897 and known as Black Bill Tocco. Toko had been one of the top leaders of the East Side Gang, along with Joseph Zarelli and Angelo Milli, who became underboss and conciliar to Toko. Toko's reign as the Supreme Ruler of the Detroit Mafia lasted roughly five years as he was indicted on tax evasion charges in March 1936. So this is a reminder. Be good on your taxes, folks. They'll get their money. If there's one thing the government will react to, it's... Did you pay your fucking taxes? Mm-hmm. That's fair. If they have enough people working for the IRS, it doesn't seem good right now, though. No, it's 2023. I still haven't got my return from 2022. It's never 2022. been a better time to commit tax fraud. Is this isn't right? an endorsement. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, tell me the tips. Well, the Detroit mob <laughs> is still around today, and I'll get to that later. <laughs> They're literally still around today. And I'm sure one of them will listen to this and be like, this guy's slaughtering all my brother's names. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> this guy. We need big forgiveness. Don't come after us. No, look. We're, <laughs> if anything, I'm just interested in it. If the, the whole source of this podcast comes from my wanting to understand the world around me, if anything. We so. repeat, don't come and kill us. 
Toko's reign as the supreme ruler of the Detroit Mafia lasted roughly five years as he was indicted on tax evasion, as I said, charges in March 1936. Even though the financial portion of the case was settled in 1937, Toko stepped down as boss soon after his indictment due to the publicity, something that early traditional American Mafia buses shunned. Toko was convicted and sentenced to eight years in prison and was replaced by his trusted underboss and brother-in-law, Joseph Zarelli, who then headed the ruling panel of the Detroit Partnership. Some Detroit underworld historians and mob watchers believe that Black Bill Toko served as the number two man or underboss for his brother-in-law, Joe Zarelli, from the time of his imprisonment until his semi-retirement in the mid-1960s. Upon his release from prison in the mid-1940s, Toko moved to Florida but without question maintained a great deal of power within the Detroit underworld and his influential status with the Detroit partnership. While living in semi-retirement in Miami, Bill Toko remained a senior advisor to boss Joe Sorelli and his fellow mafiosa in Detroit and was considered a respected mafia leader by his peers across the country until his death of natural causes on May 28, 1972, at the age of 75. I hope they called each other Billy and Joey. Oh, yeah, these guys, well, it's like if you listen to any, like, those old-timey actors like Jack Nicholson or something, and he'll be, like, talking about a director, and he'll be like, yeah, and that's when Bob said, you know, Jack, you need to pay attention in this scene. I need you to cry. And I was like, Bobby boy. Like, they all have that kind of... Brotherhood. Brotherhood. Anthony Joseph Zarelli had taken over as acting boss of the Detroit Partnership around 1970 when the elder Zarelli went into semi-retirement. So it was kind of a thing of like, my son is going to run the gang now or whatever. I mean, you want it to go smooth, but then you get those Nepo mobsters who are like, yeah, daddy, I'm going to do the job and I'm going to do it right. I'm the new <laughs> king. And then there'd be like, you ain't a fruit picker, is ya? Or something. And, like, they have some sort of derogatory slang yeah. <laughs> based on some sort of weird proclativities, pre I think is the word, of, like, what they think that the mobster needs to do or be like. Anyway. I'm lost. There's I know. I, There's some rules. I'm tracking, but keep going. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Caitlin's lost. I'm lost. Catch up, too. Katie. So, mm. running a family business is hard. Like, I get it. Like, second generation ownership, like, it's not the same. So, there's right. always going to be trials and tribulations. There's also things that are changing. Yeah. Everybody's going through changes. Is that what we're talking about? Well, <laughs> something you also should consider, too, is during this time... It was a there was a brilliant move by the Detroit mob was the decision to exploit the Teamsters pension fund. What's a Teamster? Well, that's like a union, basically. Um, oh. They used the mobsters <laughs> were able to take advantage of that pension because of Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa. Who's that? Well, he was like the vice president of the Teamsters union, so he was in charge of the pension. If they could take loans from the pension, especially if they had like 0% interest, they could start these glowing utopia casinos that we all know and love in Las Vegas and make a huge profit on them. Why don't, we, why don't we have a casino in Detroit? They do. It's yeah, like Motor, Motor City. City. Yeah. yeah. That's in Greentown. 
Right near downtown. See, more to love about Detroit. Cha-ching. I mean, if you go to Detroit, you'll see the billboards, too. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's not as big. I mean, we have over on... We have larger ones. Like, there's one in Battle Creek that's uh, Fire Keepers. Right. Um, we have here. Gun Lake Casino now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you head a little north. There's there's more casinos. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Four Winds, I think, is the one I'm trying to think of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, so explain to me again, just because I'm just real dumb. So no, it's okay. Teamster. Mm-hmm. It's like a union. Like a union, but not a union? It's how like, is it not a union? It's like, just another, it's like earlier when we were doing the difference between gangster and mobster. So they are the same? Basically, yes. The, okay. There's not like, it's it's like a... It's not like a beat beat em up force or anything, but it's like a group of guys who are like, you know, because Hoffa, in fact, he, when he was 19, led, was working at Kroger and he led like a, a standoff with Kroger for the guys that were working strawberry packing. Mm-hmm. He's like, they want to tell us we need to work all these hours for not enough pay. Well, fuck them. So it's we're the like, strawberry packers. <laughs> so it's like kind of the the like precursor to a union. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again. And we like unions. I would say, at least for myself, I'm part of a union and I'm pro union. I think if you didn't have unions, you'd have a lot of people walking all over uh, employees. Yeah, the working man. So and I, I mean, we, we essentially saw that when we were watching Superstore, when they had the guy come in and he's right. like, no, 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 we don't want anybody to, yeah. we listen to our employees. Now do what I tell you. Here's a muffin. It's like, fuck you. Give us paid sick time for people who are yeah. pregnant. Yeah. Give us access to maybe like stock options if we're higher management, things like that. Yeah. There's there's simple things you can do to make people's jobs easier that don't infringe upon capitalist venture higher ups who are already on their third wife and second house and whatever bullshit they want to deal with. And the mob knew they had found a friend in Jimmy initially because they were like, okay, well, now we can get into this whole venture with Las Vegas, which was in the 50s specifically was tied to so many things and that's like a future episode unto itself is like the origins of vegas but does that help yes <laughs> do you want me to explain it one more time no okay. i i understand what a teamster is i feel prepared for what what is gonna happen next in detroit detroit rock city folks so upon his death in 1977, Joe Zarelli was succeeded as boss by the most senior member of the ruling council, John Prezzola, known affectionately to his peers as Papa John. What? Papa John's pizza? The Papa John? No. Do you guys like Papa John's? <gasps> no. I... Hold on. It gives a me... Don't support them anymore, but man, I used to have one that was basically on the... like. It was the other side of the parking lot from my apartment. So I could walk there and be there in like 150 feet or something like that. And I'd get that uh, that zesty Italian trio, all right? And uh, I, I think I got it for like eight bucks. It was a good deal. 
Did you get that garlic butter? Garlic? The gabagool. Did you get the gabagool? Um, I think there's... Are you trying to infringe on my stutter squeaks? (laughs) (laughs) No. I was a uh, Papa John's delivery driver in high school. And every, every time that we... Oh, no, this extra cheese fell on this pie. Let me just scoot this to the back. For the Ninja Turtles later. Oh, Mm. yeah, you got to pay off the Ninja Turtles. Otherwise, (laughs) they'll come and splinter your ass. Whoa, somebody left another pie by the sewer grate, bro. (laughs) No more shitting for a week. It's perfectly clean pie. (laughs) Radical. So... He he gets superseded by Papa John, and these guys like I mean even the guy before with the Zarelli guy he was the head from thirty six to seventy seven. I mean this these were long yeah times because before this it was like a year or two, and then they either be superseded or some sort of gang. So this was what was his pension like? <laughs> it's forty some years of the company, you know. They took care of their people. It was cardiac arrest. I mean, um, so basically, this guy takes over. Uh, like I said, affectionately known as Papa John. Born Giovanni Prizola, the longtime Detroit Mafia leader, was one of only two charter ruling council members left alive and active at the time of Zarelli's death. The other senior ruling council member was former Downriver gang leader and Prohibition era czar Peter Lecavoli, Lecavoli, who by this time was himself semi-retired and living in Tucson, Arizona, not far from his friend, retired mafia boss, boss <laughs> Joe Banana, Banano, Joe Banano, hey Joey B. Lecavoli was a powerful Detroit partnership member who had been the crime family's Toledo, Ohio operations overseer and held a great deal of influence over Detroit-era gambling operations along with many other personal business interests. Pete LeCavoli ran his business business affairs from his Arizona ranch, which he then sold to Estes Homes for development in 1980. He died of natural causes on January 11th, 1984, at the age of 81. So these guys didn't die necessarily as early as I thought. I think maybe that first group, especially going through Prohibition and Depression era, was probably a lot harder and a lot quicker. And, and we didn't have, like, the food pyramid or, like, these guys didn't have like a, hey, are you the captain of fitness? Why, how come I not poop in many days? <laughs> like there obviously was was going to be issues for these guys. But um, the uh, so Prizola had been a longtime Detroit Mafia leader who had greatly respect, who was greatly respected throughout the Detroit Mafia. But much of his power came from being the leader of a powerful and wealthy faction within the Detroit Partnership. So these guys are having a good time and they're hanging out. Um, Prizola was a traditional old world, ma- old world mafioso who ran his affairs and those of the crime family from the shadows. So the run, so to run the day-to-day operations, he officially named Joe Zarelli's nephew and Bill Toko's son Giacomo Jack. Toko is the acting boss of the crime family. Papa John acted as the crime family's official conciliary, 
but due to his senior position and the great deal of power and influence, Prozola carried throughout the Detroit partnership his word his word was final. The long criminal career of Papa John Prozola within Detroit's underworld was influential, but his time as the top boss in Detroit was short-lived as he died of natural causes at the age of 84 on April 14, 1979, less than two years after his pre- predecessor, Joe Zarelli. Joe Zarelli had demoted his son and chosen successor Tony as acting boss after he was convicted in the early 1970s and allegedly before his death, Zarelli gave his blessing and encouraged his supporters to name his nephew and protege, Jack Toko, as his eventual successor to the throne of the Detroit crime family. Jack Toko's intelligence and abilities as a leader were known within the Detroit underworld during the time the young Toko made his way through the ranks of the Detroit partnership in the 50s and 60s. The fact that Toko basically had held a mafia pedigree and was considered mafia royalty as the son of Black Bill Toko worked greatly in his advantage, and he was eventually named the new sitting boss of the Detroit crime family soon after the death of Papa John Prozola. And according to law enforcement sources, Jack Toko allegedly became the official boss of the Detroit Partnership on June 11, 1979, in a ceremony held at the Timberland Game Ranch in Dexter Township. Apparently, as a sign of appreciation for the support his father gave him and to show that they were united as a family, Jack Toko named his son... Uh, not son, his cousin, Tony Zarell, Zarelli, his official underboss immediately, immediately after he was released from prison in 1979 after serving over four years of his prison sentence. According to law enforcement, mafia historians, and true crime authors, the Toko Zarelli regime still maintains its leadership within the Detroit mafia known in local underworld and law enforcement circles to this day as the partnership and the combination. Mm-hmm. So the mob's working with the cops? I mean, almost all of them have to have insiders or people. They have to communicate in some way. They're, they're the making streets. so much money. Yeah. There's movement here and there. I mean, th- th- it's nothing new to know that the law enforcement and the mob have had their ties pretty much from the beginning. Because anytime these things get shut down, I mean, there's a reason you can't find Hoffa's body. These guys, it's pretty much on the out and out that the they know who did it. They law enforcement goes, we um uh we're just gonna bear uh, we're just gonna dig right here. Like I don't know why, but we'll, we had a anonymous tip maybe. Right. So it's like you have to keep on an appearance of not knowing. But when you but also, want to do things that aren't by the book, you call the mob Well, to clean it up. And I would say, I mean, I don't believe it's a good thing to do any sort of like bootlegging personally. I, I, I don't know what the effect is overall for goods and services, but I know that like if there's a shipment out, there's a, there's somebody's got a what do you what do you call it when you you're a business and you have the you got an excel spreadsheet up so you have an idea of like what's coming in what you're dealing with some kind of logistics software that's keeping track of everything right and and when something comes up missing everything's got to be somewhat accounted for Mm -hmm. you got to do some accounting and so these things obviously put on some sort of a 
terror when it comes to especially small businesses. Um, you know, people like Amazon can go fuck themselves, but but I'm still going to order from them. <laughs> right. Um but how much olive oil was involved <laughs> in the later years? Do we know? About three. I'm months. sure. Were they still the stealing olive like a, oil? Like a, a modest house or like a decent, you know, mid-sized sedan's worth of olive oil for people? I mean, that's. <sighs> what do you use olive oil for, Lady Caitlin? I use it for sautéing. I like it for that. I don't use it too much for roasting in the oven because it's got a low smoke point. I was just going to say, it's got a low smoke so, point. you got to watch what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, you really got to be careful with it in the oven. Yeah. Um, I suppose you could use it for skincare. It can be good for that and your hair. Making dressings. Salad dressings? Oh, yes. Salad dressings. That would be wonderful. Yes. I want to say this is our first episode of a podcast I've ever done with two female co-hosts on at the same time. There's lots of glitter and cooking recipes. (laughs) (laughs) That had nothing to do with what we were currently talking about. And needing to get to the bottom of this olive oil mystery. What's the most you'd spend on olive oil? Uh, I usually buy it in bulk because... The most uh, the most I would spend yeah. is sixteen dollars if it's in a really big glass jar thing, not jar, but like a like uh, an imported. I I glass. would splurge. I would go up to like twenty two. That's good. That's like good. a can. Look, that's called splurging. Well, you get the but plastic yeah, I get the big though. one. Yeah, when you get it's the plastic, like you can over a liter. It's still she gets the sprite. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I'll get the olive oil. Six or seven dollar one, and think, oh, but I get the fancy stuff. I get the always get the. I get the fancy stuff. Sometimes you can go into TJ Maxx and find it, and that's strange. No, yeah, that's too strange for me. (laughs) I'll do it sometimes if I'm making a gift basket. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Look at these girls just taking over. No, I appreciate it. It's something I never think about. You know where that TJ Maxx olive oil came from? The mob. Hmm. That's Mm -hmm. how that got there. I actually believe you. It fell off the back of a truck. Hey, Giacoli, we got an extra... Mark down from 30 to 24, put it in my cart. We got an extra pad of these fucking... We can't sell them. Give them to TJ. TJ Maxx. That's what all that stuff is at TJ Maxx. It's all stuff that fell off the back of a truck. From the map. Uh, 100%. 100%. Wasn't like... A lot of those stores, aren't they just like be? It's sorry, this is way. <laughs> the mob is running your local TJ Maxx. Just know that Marshalls, Ross, they're all connected. Anthony Joseph Toko was another re- reputed capo. He was among 30 Detroit men placed on the record of the Senate Labor Management Rackets Committee by Robert F. Kennedy, who claimed that Toko either was a delegate to a crime convention in Appalachian, New York, or among, quote, their contacts and associates, unquote. Vito William Giacolin is a reputed capo along with his brother Anthony. What's a capo? Mob boss. Hmm. Thank you. Um, believe like Capistan was like in a, like a, a Latin or maybe Mexican culture. Anyway, mm-hmm. the same thing. It's just it's a boss. Yeah. 
Right on. They got hit by indictments in March of 1996 against 17 members and associates. Among those indicted were boss Jack Toko and underboss Anthony Joseph Zarelli. Four alleged capos were also indicted. The Detroit Partnership has been able to remain stable entering the 21st century, but the organization has been diminished greatly in numbers. It was believed to have around 50 to 70 made men as of 2010. But at the same time, the organization has proved itself to be a very stable and resilient crime family considering what most other Cosa Nostra families deal with in the way of internal strife and law enforcement scrutiny. The Detroit Partnership has remained stable and is still considered a top criminal organization within the state of Michigan. Most of their members are related by blood or marriage, making it hard for outsiders, including law enforcement, to gain information on them. This has led to few people becoming informants against the partnership and has made building a criminal investigation against them difficult. Hold up. What's the time frame on this? This is like this modern is day. Yeah, we're hitting. We're about to hit the, the most current mob boss at the end of this. What? There's still a mob? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Still alive and well. Okay. I stand by what I said about TJ Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this lady Caitlin's been saying some real awful stuff about our friend, <laughs> Mr. Max. I was... I love TJ Maxx, just by the way. I'm, I'm Ma- total Maxinista here. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say pro mafia podcast, all right? <laughs> yeah. But pro law enforcement? Okay, capos. A large number of associates oversee gambling, loan sharking, extortion, narcotics, and labor racketeering operations, along with many legitimate businesses. Jack Toko, having been semi-retired for years, died of natural causes in 2014. Jackie Giaclone who had been groomed to take over for years, became boss after Toko's death. Joseph Mirabil took over as underboss, but peacefully succeeded the position to Anthony LaPiana upon Giacona's ascension to boss. As of 2011, it is believed that membership in the Detroit Partnership stands at around 50 made members. Mm. And our last Mm. boss, Jackie the Kid is the current reputed boss of the Detroit Partnership. He is also the son of late Vito Giacolone, who passed away two years prior to Jack taking status as boss. He is also the nephew of the formidable Tony Jack Giacolone. Jackie rose to the ranks... Okay, just... Oh, shit. Jackie rose to the ranks of the partnership over the years from becoming a capo in 1990 until he took over from Tony Jack as the street boss in 2001. He looked after gambling operations, whilst also serving as a lieutenant to Jack Toko. He is also a very undetected figure in the mob, overlooked by the media and almost unrecognized by the casual mob watcher. Oh, and he also happens to hate his nickname, Jackie the Kid, which was given to him by his uncle through his love of cowboy films, including his interest in American Old West gunfighter Billy the Kid. It's not good when you hate your nickname. No, it's not. It doesn't set you up well to be like I, a pleasant person. Because you know that something you can't be a mobster like, and have kid in your name. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, yeah, everybody, I, maybe he was really short, or they, they just need to change just something respectable like Screech. Right, that would be better. <laughs> I'm wondering what kind of perks the wives these days get. 
big houses for sure. Lots of wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, TJ Maxx free every day. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Clearly. Probably before Unlimited even breadsticks. The connection oh, is Fazoli's. like just not even debatable. So. Have you guys had? Um, Fasoli's uh, no, breadsticks. Vitali's <laughs> pizza. Have you ever had Vitali's pizza? It's really had. thin crust. I've had Vitali's. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. There's one in Zealand. Uh, they only have a limited amount of toppings, though. Oh yeah. And so when mm-hmm. I went in and tried to order pineapple on my pizza, they were like, "No." Yeah, it's like going into Madcap no, and bitch. being like, "I want a fancy." bunch of flavor a snickers latte and they they're they're anti-leaf yes yes exactly so according to reddit uccellos is run by a mob or maybe that's just common knowledge i would think so just by the name my husband worked there many years and has told me it's a hundred percent mob owned wow yeah but is that just someone conflating Italian people with the mob? Because. Well, one of the re- replies. That's rude. <laughs> well, that'd be like saying. I, 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 that would be kind of shitty if it was just a broad generalization, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. So we um, call them women. Now. It's unfair. They, they want you to think a that. Broad, <laughs> it, that's a broad generalization. That's a broad generalization. <laughs> I think the chop house is run by ninjas. You're like, excuse me, sir. That is an Asian restaurant. Don't make that broad generalization. That's fair, but I also think that the only way that the mob is going to stay underground is to keep us guessing. Well, like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, they have to have a pretty big business portfolio. Mm-hmm. So, Sanitation. The laundromat. One of the, the pizza. One of the comments to this says, no, it's a fully functional restaurant chain and arguably the most profitable local chain in the area. Their menu is uniformly excellent for a sports bar. Prices are reasonable <laughs> for the quality of food. What's this guy's username? I sniff some mobster. What is this, Tony Capicola? Yeah. He's, his name is Ch- Cheech74. He says... Oh. I'm digging on here. <laughs> Keep, please. It says the the menu is uniformly excellent for a sports bar. Prices prices are reasonable for the quality of food. And Faro Uccello is a stand up human being. Guy gives a lot to charity. Semi recently, when COVID hit, he gave away thousands of pizzas to medical staff and first responders. Whether or not they're connected, who knows? I know they're part of the same family that also owns Vitalis, yo, Flo's, yo, yo, case and, and Frankie V's. Damning. Case That's closed, damning, guys. My kid worked Free for one of the locations the for a while place. and says they're incredibly well-run restaurants compared to most. How about they give they're always organized. those nurses more sick time? <laughs> My great-uncle sold the land that became... Oh, you're looking at the name? Yeah, I got the same dude. My great-uncle sold the land that became the Vitalis on Leonard. Family legend has it that at one point, the then-manager had to make repeated abrupt trips back to Sicily for not very wholesome reasons. Interesting, again. Maybe it was those broad generalizations again. They had to travel back to Sicily. 
Typical elevator says the rumor I heard was that some slash all of the Vitalis used to be fronts for drug sales or used to facilitate drug sales. Sounds mobstrish. Okay, that was like the first time you ever brought up drugs in the story, though. So that seems a little out there. Friday 4-4 says if they are connected to the Vitalis of the Detroit area, they are definitely organized crime. Went to school with a few guys at a Catholic school here in Metro Detroit. Their dads were pretty well known to be members of certain organizations. I would tend to guess they're because the Vitalis I know here in Metro Detroit have a lot of connections to GR. Yeah, Grand Rapids has Noto's, that big restaurant. I think it's closed. It was on 28th Street. Um, they would have, I would go to wedding receptions there. Um, there's a big wine cellar down there, and people were like, oh, this is where the mob hangs out. And I was like, ooh, insider info. For Grand Rapids. Okay, category 3932 said, I had a friend that worked at Vitaly's on Leonard in my junior year. He told me all the workers did cocaine and the boss was the <laughs> dealer. And I remember him showing us on Snap. He went crazy our senior year, but heard he got sent away to, quote, get better. Hmm. Eats the cheese, Ryan says. For what it's worth, I worked at Jet's Pizza in high school and it was the same way there. Ooh. Good to okay. know all these pizzerias. Years ago, this is from the real Stephen G, says, years ago a dude walked into the kitchen at Vitaly's on Leonard and shot one of the cooks to death. Whoa. Now we're talking mob stuff. That's That sounds wait, wait, wait. like mob What's stuff. What's his username again? Holy The cow. real Stephen underscore G. Guy How in, does he spell Stephen? S-T-E-V-E-N. Gozinya says, I feel like I remember hearing that, but I can't find the story. The only thing that comes up is the story about Joey Vitale of Burton Heights Pizza getting stabbed back in 18, Whoa. which was so sad. The east side of the state has quite the history when it comes to organized crime. Of course, there is Chicago just a few hours away. Oh, man. Organized crime has a long history of involvement in certain legit industries, trash being one of them. Sanitation. Sanitation taking out the trash. Trash men make big money. Here in Detroit. Yeah. They're doing a dirty job. Here in Detroit, they are involved in a lot of legit businesses. Landscaping, construction, produce, used cars, restaurants, grocery stores, rental properties, and I'm sure many more. Yeah, they keep breeding. Everybody's got to have a job. Friday's 44 says, I went to school with a few guys whose dads were well-known members of a certain organization here in Detroit. The one guy's dad I know had connections to Grand Rapids. I remember a guy who would come over from Grand Rapids every week and bring him some kind produce. I always thought it was weird because it wasn't a large or it wasn't large orders. There was a lot of odd things I think back on now. Managed at Silvana's, which is half Vitaly's owned and easily had more shady shit going on than any place Salvinos. I ever worked at. Salvino's. Okay. Silvano's or Salvino's. Yeah, he, I think he misspelled it. Oh, yeah. yeah. A few years ago, a Vitaly was stabbed to death, but I think back in 1980s or 90s, one of them was found dead hanging in the walk-in cooler or freezer. Ooh, awful. Whoa. None of this wow. can be proven. This is all Reddit hearsay. Yeah. I'm just reading comments. 
This is like just people around the town saying some stuff. It's always hearsay of hearsay. I went to a school with a kid whose uncle. Yeah. That that whole comment about the like Uccello's food being uniformly good. The guy went on two other forums and made the same comment. He's made many other comments about other restaurants too. So I, I I I. I snooped it out a little, but like understood. He's like the, the food is uniformly better than it, they're like. It, We've like, been doing consistent. They're consistent. Yeah, who cares? That's, Who's asking? Who yeah. cares? I mean, look, one of my favorite places to go is Brands, and that's not a very Italian last name. So I think that same guy. Yeah. No offense. Tommy Brand said uh, <laughs> said that Brands. Food is is god awful, but Whoa. their drink specials are unbeaten. Well, they have some, they have a new menu. There's some tacos on there. You should go, you guys should check it out. Give it another chance. And that's your episode on the Detroit mob. Brands aside, I know my interest is peaked to now just think that everything is connected to the mob. Yeah. In the place where I live, the place where I call home, and now I'm scared. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's taking care of us. Everything's fine. I'm I'm afraid I'm gonna be offed because if you're on why? the wrong side. I I how would I know? <laughs> I just keep ordering pizzas. And Listen, keep- squeaks, rainbow sprinkles. We got a pallet of butterfingers. We gotta move quick. I would love some butterfingers. Can I have some? No, maybe. Mom says no. Oh. Then they find me maybe if you the un- next day in a cooler. Maybe if you uniformly bring your attitude up. <laughs> wow. But anyway, thank you for being on the show again, Lady Caitlin, Brother Bear, Mama Casey. I love you guys all to death. This was a lot of fun. We're going to do something that isn't mob-related in the future, but or it was fun. Or will it be connected somehow? It'll be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my God! Can we please? Oh my God! I would. I'm adding it to the dossier, and you can add to the dossier too if you email us at zanzizipodcast at gmail dot com. I will add it because forum. Z a n. They're listening to it, right? I mean, they see it on their their thing. Yeah, they know how to spell yes. the podcast at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's linked in the episode notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay. All right. Like the Instagram page, email us. There's a YouTube channel. There's a Gmail, like I just said. What do you guys want to promote? Anything? Radio show, WYCE, ladies, DJ Ski Ski. Yeah. I'll be on the air every other Saturday. Mm-hmm. DJ Ski Ski, noon to three. Eighty-eight point one here in West Michigan, or online. Or listen online at wyce.org. Listen live. I think wow. this episode is coming out in April. Order some Andrea's pizza. Order some Vitaly's pizza. Andrea's is that is that the one right over? Yes. Okay. Burton yeah. and Brett or Boston, I think it's on. Yeah. Um, the best pizza in town, and I hope they're mob affiliated. Right. It just tastes better. Yeah. Yeah. And if they aren't. Good look job. The other way. <laughs> we won't look into it. Mm-mm. As long as we get our pies. I mean, if you want to sponsor us, we'd love that too. Ooh, yes, please. So, Mob, sponsor the podcast. Thank you. From fellow mobsters. Mm hmm. <laughs>
This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.